0: You're truly thankful for the love of God in your life. Why don't you praise Him right now? Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be home tonight, it's great to be in the midst of revival. I am so thankful for what God is doing around Greater Life Church. And I don't believe that he is through by any means. I believe God wants us to go a little farther and go a little deeper. Anybody here ready to do that tonight? Amen. We welcome to our pulpit Brother Stevenson. Give him your heart. In the world. Oh, let's clap our hands unto the Lord, shall we? We love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So good to be in God's house on a Wednesday night. Amen. You know, when you do as much driving as I do, you have a whole lot of time to think. And that's just kind of when God talks to me. My kids hate riding with me because I don't listen to music. I ride in a car and quiet I don't talk I don't say a word my wife doesn't like when we when we started dating and we got married she it drove her crazy because when I get behind the wheel that's just me and God and I don't say anything I'll talk if I'm if I'm spoken to and uh, but I I just I think a lot and God talks to me and I really feel like the Lord is positioning this church hear me not just for A pastor or a leadership team to get you to another level. But I really believe and feel that God wants to get you activated. It's going to take the entire body doing what you were designed and called and purposed to do and be. The end time revival that we're experiencing and that is only going to become greater cannot rest on the shoulders of one or two or three. We've, we've, we've relied far too long on one or two or three. And when those one or two or three are missing, it's like everything's off sync. It ought to be that it doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter who's here, who's not here. We're all doing what we were designed to do and purposed to do in the kingdom of God. I believe God is going to and is activating something in the spirit world. Turn with me, please, to the book of Acts, chapter number 12. Acts, chapter number 12, beginning with verse number 12. Bible says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened up the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. They said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I don't have a fancy title. I'm a title guy, but I don't have one tonight. But I do have what's on my heart I want to speak to us about, and that is the spirit of Of Rhoda, the Spirit of Rhoda. I believe God is wanting to impart and activate in our hearts tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for every single person here. They're here, Lord, out of a deep desire to please you, to love you, to grow in you. I'm asking, Holy Ghost, that you would open our hearts to hear, to understand, but also to apply this truth to our lives. That we could be more like you. We thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight. Can we clap our hands and give the Lord praise? Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. The Spirit of Rhoda. We are living in a day where there are role models, there are heroes. There are superstars and we have young people aspiring to be like who they see in the world. They see these lavish pictures of success and they live their lives dreaming of greatness. I please don't misunderstand me. I am not against striving for excellence. I believe you ought to be the best that you can be in whatever you put your hand to. I believe that. I believe that we can learn from others. I believe that the, the mentorship or the aspiration aspect of humanity is not something that is only applicable in the physical world, but can also be transferred to the spirit world. My, my heroes growing up were preachers. I have in my Bible names of men that I' preached for and when I preach for them I wore out cassette tapes I, that makes me sound old I wore out cassette tapes listening to preachers I loved preachers and I loved preaching I would take things uh, that I liked and, and I would use that in my own in my own life and my own uh, development and even when I started evangelizing. I I kept a list when I would go to churches and I would be around pastors and I would see things and I would have a do list and I would have a don't do list. And I tried to glean from all of the surroundings and all of the different types of people that I was privileged to be around and still am. What I'm saying is that we can gain great insight by examining in this book people and experiences and past events. And then we can take those things and we can apply them to our own life and we can grow. Now I believe before we look to anybody else in history as to someone that we would aim to be like, I believe that we ought to start wanting to be like Jesus Christ. You want to know how to live, you just skim or dig into those red words in that Bible. And it provides an adequate foundation for which you can build a spiritual house. We can pick other people apart and we can see what we like or what we dislike. But my friend, you can't pick apart Jesus Christ. Everything he is, everything he shall be in your life has no flaws for he is perfect and he is pure. But we understanding that we can go back to the beginning of this book. We can look at Abraham. We can see that Abraham was faithful. Do you realize that all Abraham had to step out on was a word? Think about this. He had nothing to compare what a word from God was like. He had no standard of measurement whereby he could compare this instance in his life with another instance in his life or in history. But he had a word that he said, this has to be God. And he was willing to step out so we could say in the life of Abraham, we could take his faithfulness, we can take his willingness, we can take his consistency, and we can apply that to our own life. We can look at Moses and understand here was a man who had insecurities. Here was a man who questioned whether or not God could do anything with him. Yet we can also see the mercy of God and the love of God that in spite of your insecurities, in spite of the humanity aspect, I can still use you to do great things in the kingdom of God. We can shift on to David, and David, we can relate to David. David was flawed, yet David was favored. And we are flawed. But God still looks at us and says, I still love you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Yes, you, David, you made a mistake. But David, you repented. And now we can move on from this mistake. And David is not known as being the adulterer. David is known as being a man after God's own heart. And we can apply that to our life. We can look at Peter. Peter was hot-headed. Peter had a temper. We can look at the negative of Peter, but let's look at the positive. Peter was loyal. And if there's anything that's lacking today, it's loyalty. Loyalty and dependability. Not too long ago, we pulled up at Westlake's finest Burger King. We were actually sitting at the red light, and there was the big sign right there. And, And this is what the sign said. Now hiring friendly and dependable people. And I told my wife, I said, they're going to be waiting a long time. They might find friendly and they might find dependable. But trying to find both in one, that's trying to find that squish. That's like trying to find that squishy whopper in the whole box in your mouth. Y'all don't know about that. Y'all don't know about digging for the squishy whopper. But that's, you see, y'all am like, y'all crazy. Loyalty and dependability. Peter was loyal, but Peter was bold, and Peter, when he made a mistake, was, was quick to repent. We can, we can apply that. We can look at Paul and everything that Paul went through. He was dedicated. Paul walked in Revelation, and he had passion. And we can dissect this book, and we can continue. But we always go to the the, the highlight, the the, the well known people in this book. We always talk about uh, the Daniels and the Samsons and all the ones that have already listed, and and we want to glean from them. But there's a person in this book tonight that we read about that's only mentioned one time. But I believe can teach us the greatest lesson. In living for God. And that was Rhoda. This text tonight. The setting of this text. Shows Peter. When he was miraculously delivered from prison. Coming to the house of Mary. Knocking on the door. And Rhoda came to hearken. And went and told other, the others that were there. And they said she was crazy. But she knew his voice. And she opened the door. And Peter came in, and it is a beautiful story, but several things stand out. And the first is this, hear me, in the spirit world, sound always precedes sight. Before she ever saw Peter, she heard Peter. Before there was ever a manifestation, there was something heard That indicated somebody wants to come in. And somehow we've got to change our thinking. You see, we want to see something happen first. And then we respond. But sound precedes sight in the spirit. Before you see it, you're going to hear it. And on the day, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. You know the story. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. After the sound, and there appeared, there was the sight unto them, cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Sound precedes sight. Sight. Somehow we've got this mixed up to where we're not going to step out and respond until we see something happening. We want to see it first so we're not all awkward stepping out. No, that's not how God works. What you see is a manifestation of someone that heard it first in the spirit. And then they said you know what I'm going to go see what this is And you're wanting to piggyback On somebody else's faith To step out My friend there's got to be a change In our thinking to where God When God speaks we move When God says hey I want to do this I'm not going to wait on somebody I feel preach up in here I'm not going to wait on somebody else To follow that I'm going to move with this This is the spirit talking. You see, you're gonna hear the voice. Let me just let me just help you here. The devil's not gonna tell you to do anything that's gonna glorify God. So we can eliminate him. So now it's between is that me or is it God? Well, let me just ask you this: what's it gonna hurt you just to step out and obey? See, God deals in thoughts. Oftentimes we wait on this loud, booming voice. We're we're waiting on God to to paint a picture on the wall for us to move. God deals in thoughts. I remember when the Lord taught me the first time how I could ever understand and hear his voice. It was when, like I told you Sunday, is when I told my youth pastor, hey, I don't have the Holy Ghost. He said, here's what I want you to do, Tyler. I want you to go home. I want you to read the book of John and the book of Acts together because it's got a great continuity to it. Well, I went home that night. I read the whole book of John straight through. I was I was so hungry. I read the whole book of John. He told me later, he said, I didn't mean anyone said it. One I just meant just read it. And I was like, nope, I read the whole thing. Well, while I was reading, I came to the story of Lazarus. This was on a Tuesday. And we had been having youth prayer before service and our youth pastor had been picking a person, one person every week to have like a little three or four minute devotional, just say what it, share whatever's, whatever's on your heart. Well the next night was my night, it was my first time to do it and so while I'm reading this I get to the part of Lazarus and Jesus says loose him and let him go. And something struck me right here in my right right in my sternum. I still get the same feeling today. And it was like this this thought in my mind, we need to loose God and let him go. And that's what I'm going to speak about tomorrow night. I read, finished reading the book of John. I came back to it and I got that same feeling right here. And I couldn't let the the thought wouldn't leave. Loose God and let him go. Loose God and let him go. So, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm pumped. I thought this was like a preacher general conference. I was in front of the youth group. I was ready. So, you know what, Brother Hughes, I show up that night, and nobody shows up. I got my sermonette. I'm pumped. I prayed. I'm ready. I'd rather, I'd rather preach to, to one than none. And if one showed up, I was going to unload on them. But nobody, and I remember standing up there in the youth room. I was upstairs, thinking to myself, "What in the world is this? I've got all the I, I mean, I'm ready." And I was—I remember walking downstairs, just feeling so despondent, so discouraged. God, what in the world? And so the, all through service, I'm just sitting there, just just hanging my lip, as my mama would say, just hanging my lip. And Pastor Brother Allen got up there. And he read the story of Lazarus. And his title that night was, Loose God and Let Him Go. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Tyler, I was trying to show you what it's like to hear my voice and know it's me. And I've given you a confirmation as to what it's like to hear my voice. And even today. I still get the same feeling right here. And I still have that same way that God, God God deals with thoughts. So let's ask ourselves, how many times have you heard that voice or that thought in your own mind and you thought, well, that was weird. Well, I'm not going to do that right now. I mean, it's not even a time. I and mean, This service isn't going to be a runaway. We're, I'm just going to be out of order. How many times have we talked ourselves out? of what God was trying to do in our life because we were so busy analyzing, dissecting. You see, I've I've said it earlier in the revival, there is a definitive flow to every service. There is a definitive will of God and a plan that God wants to move in a service. And, And as I begin to mature, now please, the only person I can talk about is me because I know me. I don't know you. This is not pen rose on my nose. I'm giving you an example. As I would begin to mature, I would go to, to services, and I'd be sitting in a service, and Scripture would come to my mind or, 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 or things that God uh, would, it, this is how I would say, if this is what I was going to preach, this is what I would preach. And in my mind, I would be thinking all oh, this, only to have the preacher get up there. And preach the things that I was sitting there thinking. Now, that's not mental telepathy, okay? He didn't need my notes. What it is, is you can pick up in the spirit on what God is trying to do in a service. And if you're sensitive, you don't have to wait for the preacher to pump you and pull you. You know, God, this is a direction God's wanting to go. I'm going to help the preacher get to where God is wanting us to be. So when she heard his voice, she made herself available. The spirit of Rhoda is a spirit of willingness. You don't have to make you do it. Nobody has to pry you. Nobody has to pump you. You know I heard a voice. I'm walking in what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Hear me. There's a man of God For a reason. Because if you get out of order, he can put you back in order. But I've learned this. I'm not worried about wildfire. There's always enough wet blankets to put it out. I'd rather have some fire going. I'd rather have some people that will make themselves available to the moving of the spirit. My friend, you never know when intercession wants to move in. And God just said, I need some people that can move in intercession. Some people that know that voice and say, God, I will move with this. You see, several years ago, and I've probably shared this here at one time or another. Maybe you forgot it. I was preaching in DeRidder, Louisiana. And I went early. And I was going to study. And I forgot a few things, toothpaste or whatnot, so I went to the dollar store. And so when I turned and go into the dollar store, I'm just after toothpaste, okay? When I go into the dollar store and I turn on the toothpaste aisle, there's a man standing there, and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, Invite that man to church tonight. And I said, No, God, I just came after toothpaste. That's all I want. So I grab my toothpaste, and I go onto to the register, and I'm standing at the register, and the Lord spoke to me again, yeah, Invite that man to church tonight. So I started arguing with God right there at the registry. In my spirit, me and God's talking. No oh, God. You know, there's, there's 30,000 churches in the Ritter. That man's probably, he, he knows somebody. He might be a preacher. I don't know. You know, so me and God's having this. Thought. So finally, I get out of line, and I just start walking through the dollar store, talking to God, and, and, and trying to come to a resolve as to why I have to invite this man to church. And so finally, I made a deal with the Lord. I said, okay, God. I'll get behind him in, in this aisle, in this line, and I'll follow him outside. And when we get outside, I'll invite him to church tonight. And so I get behind the man, and he checks out. And then he goes over by the door to the DVDs. And I said to myself, I said, well, he blew it. I'm a preacher and a ritter. I'll have my license yanked. They see me here at the DVD uh, thing here at the dollar store. He, he missed it. So I just walked on out the door and got in, my, got in my vehicle and I pulled to the edge of the road. And when I'm standing there fixing to pull in the traffic, it was as if, no this is just me, okay? It was as if God screamed at me, I told you to invite that man to church. Scared the daylight out of me. I put it in reverse. Backed all the way back up to the, to the dollar store and I watched and that man just sitting there looking at DVDs and I waited and I waited and that man he went through all these DVDs and still never come out and I said well I'm done with this and I pulled on out and I got to the edge of the road again and the Lord screamed at me again I told you to invite that manager put her in reverse people look at this part and think that man's an idiot I back all the way back up to the dollar store and I did it I did it three times back forward back forward I'm telling you you've got to step into my world here with me in my mind this is a Cornelius Peter moment if God's moving upon me this strong this man must have been praying God send me somebody I'm thinking in my mind when, as soon as I begin to talk to him the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow both of us. I mean I'm telling you I've got this thing mapped out in my mind how this is going to go and I finally he comes out and I pull up by his vehicle and I get out and I say, how you doing, sir? My name's Tyler Stevenson. And he looks at me and goes, and? Time out, God. This thing is not going nowhere near I thought it was supposed to go. And he threw me for a loop, so I start fumbling around. Um, well, 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 I'm preaching over here and just want to invite you to church tonight. You know, he just goes, yeah, okay. And he got in his truck and he slammed the door and he took off. And I'm standing there with no new convert, okay? I'm just standing there by myself in the parking lot. And I get in my vehicle, and me and God forevermore have a conversation in that vehicle. I'm sitting here saying, God, what in the world? You moved on me like, I know it was you, God. I know it was you. You know when it's God's voice. And God, I thought this man was ready. I thought he was going to get the Holy Ghost. And and so I'm just going on and on and on. And the Lord stopped me. And he, he he said, Tyler, I knew what he was going to do. I wanted to see what you were going to do. See, when God moves on you, He's trying to see if there's going to be a willingness in your spirit to say, God, I don't understand it, doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to step out because I have faith that you wouldn't move upon me without a purpose. You see, God has to stretch you out of your comfort zone. It may be in the middle of the singing. It may be in the middle of the preaching. But when the spirit starts moving, there has to be somebody that has the spirit of Rhoda that says, God, I want to move with the Holy Ghost. I know it doesn't make sense But I know the voice of God I want to flow in the spirit Bible says quench not the spirit Hear me God doesn't want to work in spite of you God wants to work through you But if he can't work through you He'll work around you I have been in services, standing on the platform, all the way over here in just regular worship service. And the Lord showed me a couple all the way on the other side. And we're talking big, big, big facility. I'd have to make a big. And the Lord said, "Would well, tell me, go pray for him right now." Um, uh, well, God, it's not time yet. I don't want to just, you know, we got protocol. You know how we do. We, rash, we we rationalize. We talk ourselves out of Only to watch. While I'm standing up there, the Lord's moving on moving on moving on me. Only to watch somebody else in the middle of the same, same service step out of their pew, march all the way over there to those people, the same people, and begin to pray with them. And it. It be the key that breaks open the whole service. You see, God wants to move through you. But if he can't move through you, he'll move around you. Because he's just going to go knock on somebody else's door and see if they're willing to open that door and let him come in. You've got to be willing to say, God, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. But I, I want to move with the Holy Ghost. You see, don't just pray for a move of God. Pray that you will have faith to move when God's ready to move. We can get caught up in praying for a move of God, and we can, we can pray and fast till our belly button falls off. That would be a lot of fasting for me. But you can do that all day long and still never move with the Holy Ghost. You can sit there and beg and plead and still never move with the Holy Ghost. So don't just pray for a move of God. Pray, God, give me the willingness to step out when you tell me to move. I was in one service you never you never know when people what's going on in people's minds. I was in one service and standing all the way over here on this side, and there was a man standing all the way over there on that side, new guy, never never really seen him and the Lord spoke to me and said, "Go tell him I love him what How generic is that? God loves you. I got a word for you, brother. God loves you, really? boy, you read my mail, brother." You know, so I'm standing over there going, God, now that's really not a word. That's just, I love you. God loves you. I love you too, but God loves you. So the Lord kept moving on me so strong, so strong. Go tell him I love him. Go tell him I love him. Well, see, you know, I, 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 I would love to say that I just jump up all the time, but sometimes God has to get it through my thick head. So finally, I just said, well, I'll pray my way over there. You know, you know how we do. We don't want to make a beeline, so we'll just keep feeling it out, praying for people as we go. So by the time I got over there, this is what I said. I went over to him, put my arm around him. I said, man, the Lord sent me over here just to tell you he loves you. And the guy broke just like that. He said, man, I have been standing over here this whole time. And I've been asking God just to let me know he loves me. See, you don't sit there. You're not God. We're not the filter. God, that ain't a word. This is a word. We're not the ones that decide what God's doing. It's got to be that willingness to step out and just obey. We've got to have that willingness to say, it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to obey. See, we've got to be careful when we start trying to cast judgment on people who are trying to exercise faith and obedience. Why is it that we have such low tolerance for people that try to be used by God? This is, nobody comes out the womb running. They got to fall. And when you start operating in the realm of faith and you start stepping out, I'm not talking about just in church. I'm talking about on your job, in your neighborhood, with your family. It don't matter. You got to be willing to say, God, you know what? I just want to be used. The Lord spoke to me driving over here, but from the hotel to here, and I wrote it down when I got here. He said, I'm trying to move some people in this church into a greater realm, but the one thing holding them back is their fear of being wrong. You, you can't sit there and try to dissect it. You can't sit there and try to say, well, this is just me. No. you got to step out. Say, God, you know my heart. I'm not trying to do anything to bring attention to me. I'm trying to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. When God lays it on your heart, go pray for this person, go call this person. You don't have to figure it out. You just have to have a spirit of Rhoda that says, God, I'm going to step out and I'm going to obey what you're telling me to do. You see, when she came and told him, hey, Peter's at the door, you know what they said? You're mad. You're crazy. It's casting judgment on people that want to step out and exercise their faith—that's what the man of God is for. If they're if they're out there and they're doing wrong things, God will lead the pastor to do it. I'd rather have one step out there and say, "God, let's do this thing." It'll scare the daylights out of you. When God starts showing you things. But what I'm, telling, what I'm trying to convey is what I told you in the beginning. God is trying to activate each and every one of us. You can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You can operate in the realm of faith. You can be the key that unlocks the door in a service when you step out and obey the Holy Ghost. The days of just expecting one or two have to, have to stop. It's got to be the entirety of the body operating like a well old machine saying this is what God wants here, this is what God And you move in harmony in the spirit of God. How many opportunities have we missed out on? Because I remember when God first started showing me things and, and, and I would talk myself out of them because I thought that that was me making all this stuff up. I would see things, I would go to pray for people and I'd see things start happening and like, like little snippets of movie pictures unfolding in my mind and I'm standing there praying for people with my eyes open and I'm seeing all this and I'm sitting here going, this is insane, this is me, I don't know these people. And God would start moving on. One day I was driving down the road. And and, and it's like something on the windshield just started playing. And I was seeing all this stuff happening. And God said, call this pastor and tell him what I just showed you. And I said, God, I don't even know this man. He said, it's not about what you know or who you know. It's about trusting me to operate in that realm. Hear me, I feel the witness of the Spirit. There are people in this congregation that God wants to activate something in your spirit. And the only thing holding you back is you're so worried of being, about being wrong. You're so worried about it just being you. Hear me, there's grace to grow. There is grace to mature. It's time to say, God... I want a spirit of rhoda in my heart that when you move upon me, I want to move with the Holy Ghost. When you tell me to pray, I want to pray. When you tell me to go into intercession, I want to be an intercessor. Oh, stand with me all over the building. This is what I've learned. Your inconvenience is God's opportunity. When God, we, we want convenience. God, move on me when it's convenient. But when God starts moving on you, it's, it's not convenient because your flesh is going to start fighting it. It might be 3 o'clock in the morning and God wakes you up and says, Pray for this person. It might be, it might be in the middle of the service, God says, Do this. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying in a revival atmosphere, you have to be willing to move when God says move. You have to be willing to step out and obey when God wants you to obey. Because you never know what is the key to opening something in the spirit world. Something that God's going to use to activate. I'm talking to people who have been used in intercession. Heads bowed and eyes closed right now. I feel the leading of the Spirit. There's people in this building. You have been mightily used in intercession, you have carried the burden. That nobody else has known that you have carried and you have done it faithfully. And you have done it in private. But somewhere along the way you felt like uh, that you were not making a difference in the kingdom of God. You felt like you were not because you weren't being seen. That you weren't being effective. But God wants to stir it back up in your soul tonight. Hear this preacher God wants you to re-enlist. God wants something out of you tonight This says, God, I'm not telling you how I have to be used. All I'm saying is I want to make myself available to be used. Like when the friend came and knocked in the middle of the night. He opened the door because there was a relationship that mattered. And God is looking at people at greater life. And all he's wanting to know is will you let me use you Like, I want to use you. Don't try to filter out my request. Just open your heart so I can use you. Like, I want to use you. If you want to be a part of this, if you're ready for God to activate something in the spirit world, I want you to make your way out of your, out out of your pew to an altar. When you get down here, All I want you to do is reach out to God and say, God, I make myself available. I'm telling you, God wants to activate some things in the spirit world. I pray a spirit of road, up, a spirit of willingness will come upon this congregation tonight. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. God wants to activate something in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray with the church. There's people that know how to follow the leading of the Spirit. There's people that know how to pray and follow that direction. Hallelujah.